0: It's The Beacon. Hey there, everyone. This is The Beacon. It's a podcast where I have magic powers, and I'm trying to find more people with powers. I'm Bee, like the insects, and recently I found Cappy and Newt both of whom also have powers like me. Except, we don't exactly see eye to eye on how to use these powers. See, I think we should be using them to deal with the monster roaming around the campus grounds and attacking students, but they think... Well, I'm not exactly sure what they think, but I guess today I'm trying to find out. But first, a fox update. It's the Fox Box. Or not, if that's dumb. Either way, Fox is someone who contacted me online about having these powers, too, and then they completely disappeared off the internet for a while. But then they came back, and we talked again, so we're cool now. Anyway, I've still got the transcript from what Fox and I talked about, so I'm going to go over a few parts of that and keep you guys updated on the situation, since Fox is basically the only friendly person i found who I can actually be open with about all this stuff. First of all, after doing basically the chat equivalent of squealing and jumping up and down out of sheer joy to see them again, I asked Fox, what happened last time? Why did you disappear? Is there some magic subculture etiquette I messed up on? So then Fox said, no, you were fine. I just got nervous that you might be faking, and I got guilty that you might not be, but I was still pushing you to show yourself. Then I got anxious that you might try to push me too, and I realized I might not be ready to share. So I left and deleted, so neither of us could try to do anything the other didn't want to do. It was such a relief to hear. I've been worrying for weeks now that I did something to ruin our relationship, so it was oddly reassuring that it was all because Fox was somehow even more anxious than I was. So we apologized back and forth a bit after that, and then I told them again I was just happy they were back. And they apologized again for upsetting me and said we didn't have to prove ourselves, but we could at least talk about our powers if we wanted to. They said it would be nice if we could just have a conversation about them. And of course, I agreed, because with the way things are with Newton, and Cappy, I'm not sure how much I'll actually be able to talk to them. Plus, Fox just seems nice. I think she may just be a nice person who's been alone with a big secret for a long time and is now finally ready to reach out, and I'm happy to be here for her to reach out to. Oh, by the way, uh, Fox is a girl. She told me that. Weirdly enough, that ended up being one of the most concrete answers I got from her. Even though she wanted to answer my questions, it turns out Fox doesn't actually know that much more about our magic than I do. She also says I'm really the first person she's met who has magic, too. And I admit, that was kind of a hard pill to swallow. I was hoping that me and Newt and Cappy were the outliers, being alone out here. Like, having these powers is supposed to come with its own secret community that you're born into. I kind of told Fox that, and she said, I kept hoping that was the case too when I was younger. Like, my Hogwarts letter would show up any day. Like, in those Harry Potter books. Fox says she's a Slytherin, by the way. Hufflepuff pride for me. Oh, and she says she has water powers. Honestly, I really should have asked about that in our first meeting, but it didn't really come up until I was telling her about Newt and Cappy. She'd heard I found them, but not that they had such different powers from us, so she was just as excited as me to hear about them. She said, This has to mean there's a lot more of us. There's got to be a lot of different people out there with a lot of different powers. Then I said, I hope there's at least more people like us with elemental powers. Maybe I'll get along better with them than I do with the other sorts. And, you know, I meant it mostly as a joke, but Fox... Well, she said, you really are lucky to have found them. Both of them. Even if you can't work with them against the wolf lizard, you should keep in touch. You have each other now, and you really should take advantage of that. And, well... I knew she was right. I just wished I could be talking to her instead. Uh, We talked a little more after that about, um, other stuff. Not really magic stuff, just, um, you know, stuff. Anyway, it's been a week since then, and I am trying to live up to what I promised her, which is why I'm recording this in the hallway of the art building. I am attempting to get to know Newt. See, Newt's student teaches an art class on the weekend. A class with open enrollment, if I might add. So, you know, I just kind of figured... B,
1: what are you doing here? Oh,
0: um, hey Newt. Uh fancy meeting you here.
1: Not too fancy, actually. I teach here every weekend.
0: What? Oh, is it... Is this your class? I had no idea. What a coincidence. I just thought I might, uh, you know, uh, try to take this art class. Really? Um, yeah, totally. See, I've I've never been an art person, but I've always wanted to be, so with all the self-improvement with the magic and stuff lately, I, I figured I'd finally try and give it a go.
1: You're just here to see me again, aren't you?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I, I just wanted to take a class for self-improvement, and and, uh, and yours was open.
1: You know that if you want to talk about any of this at all on your show, I'll be able to just listen and tell if you're lying, right?
0: Okay, I'm just here to see you again. But uh, but it, it's just because that last meeting went so badly, and, and there's so few of us, and I just wanted to try to get along, and... and
1: You could have just asked, you know. What? I don't actively dislike you. If you wanted to talk, you didn't have to come up with this whole convoluted plan. You could have just asked. You can still just ask.
0: Oh. So, do you want to talk sometime?
1: Yes. Right after this class works for me.
0: Oh. Good to hear. Uh, so I'll just leave you to it and- Or,
1: you'll stay until class is finished.
0: You don't want to kick me out of your class?
1: Now why would I want that? I think everyone deserves a chance to learn about art. Alright everyone, settle in, settle in. I see we have some new faces here today, so let me introduce myself. My name is and I'm an art major here. This is an introductory course hosted by the college on how to begin creating with various media. Remember, we're all learning here, all at different levels, so this is a judgment-free zone. If you want to offer harsh critiques to fellow students, feel free to enroll in Art 201 for $500 a credit. So, we'll be working with charcoal today. Charcoal is a very versatile medium that I think a lot of Hi, people everyone. should work on. Hi, everyone. Future B be
0: here to provide a little commentary. I figured it might be a little rude and weird to say all this during the lecture, so I decided to cut it in here. First of all, it turns out Newt was actually being serious when he said he thinks everyone deserves the chance to learn about art, and that wasn't just some cryptic way of saying he was going to psychologically punish me for following him to his class. He just let me sit in and even gave me some pointers when it was time to work on our pieces. Weirdly enough, he's actually kind of nice when he's teaching. And like, that's not to say that he's super mean otherwise, but he can come off as a little cold and snarky, but when he teaches he's sort of warm and even kind. He walked around to everyone and told us what we were doing well and how we could do it better and I actually got a half decent charcoal piece of an apple out of it. He was. Actually, kind of cool. Almost to the point where I. I wish I hadn't talked to him after class.
1: Alright, I'll see some of you next week. We're doing watercolors again, so bring clothes you aren't afraid to get dirty. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Well,. Was that a satisfactory glimpse into my life?
0: No, that was... that was great. You're a really good teacher. Well, that's debatable. No, seriously. If you can help someone like me make this, then you're really on your game. I mean, look at this. This actually kind of looks like an apple.
1: You should really get out of the habit of saying things like that, you know.
0: That it looks like an apple? I mean, it is a little smudgy, but I I thought it was okay otherwise.
1: No, I meant that someone-like-me talk. It, it really doesn't do you or anyone else any good to talk about yourself so disparagingly. I think there's a lot of people who could do a lot more if they wanted to, but that someone-like-me attitude always seems to hold them back. They give up before they even try.
0: Oh, well, it it's... I'm not sure it's really an attitude thing, it's... Um, hey, I got back in contact with Fox.
1: Fox? Your internet friend?
0: Yeah. She's super nice, and she says she's got water powers.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: We've been chatting a whole lot, and the more I talk to her, the more I'm certain she's one of us. Like, there's a lot she hasn't told me about herself yet, but she's always so open when talking about her powers and how it feels to use it. And it's just so nice to finally hear that from someone, you know?
1: Sure, I get that.
0: And, uh, speaking of which, can I see your power again? Yours is just so cool and unique.
1: I'm not sure if unique is the right word for comparing my power with yours, given how few of us there appear to be.
0: Either way, please. I I was actually kind of sad when your deer got destroyed. I never even got to touch it, or to see what it felt like.
1: All right, all right. Pull up a stool right there, and I'll scratch something out.
0: Cool. Thanks. So, um... Do you mind if I ask you a few questions about your powers?
1: I have a feeling that if I say no, then you'll probably just try to ask them again later.
0: Um, probably. Shoot, then. Can I ask if you can answer this at all? How you got your powers? I mean... Not as like a literal how, because lord knows where any of this stuff came from, but it seems like for both me and Cappy, yes, figuring out we could use our powers was triggered by some sort of stressful event, and I was wondering if that was the same for everyone.
1: I suppose that's a solid theory. I wasn't in any situation quite so dire as being attacked by a monster, but I was struggling with what was supposed to be the centerpiece of my senior exhibit. I was having so much difficulty trying to convey my meaning to the canvas that I must have triggered my power. The subject walked right off the page, just as I'd nearly finished my work.
0: Oh, wow. That must have been- uh, oh, wait, there wasn't anyone else around you then, right?
1: No, you don't need to worry about that. I had a solo studio reservation that night, as I usually do. I did lose the piece I was working on, however. I always lose the image when it comes to life. And again, when it crumbles out here.
0: So, what's the longest something has been- Sit still, please. Uh, sorry. Uh, Didn't mean to break your concentration. I was just curious. How long can your creations live off a page? Is there a limit?
1: I'm not sure if there's a hard limit, but they do all fall apart eventually. And it always seems proportional to the amount of time I spend on them. That deer I sketched in a few minutes probably wouldn't have lasted half an hour. Something I spent half an hour on might last for six. I've also never had one last past me going to sleep.
0: That's interesting. So, uh, do you think those things are tied to your consciousness? Like, can you control them once they're off the page? Is there some kind of mental link there? Can you experience what they do?
1: That's a lot of questions at once, B.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry.
1: What do you actually want me to answer?
0: Um, well, I guess I would like to know about the logistics of your power, but I guess I really want to know. The other day, you said you'd had your powers for eight months already. Is that true?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: And you didn't meet any other people like me or Cappy in that time?
1: Not to my knowledge. No.
0: Well, um, can I ask you then, did you even look? Sorry, sorry. I, I just mean, I. Y- you didn't seem as excited about meeting other people with powers, and you seem kind of blah about your own powers, and, and I don't know, maybe I just had really good luck finding you and Cappy and Fox all at once, but eight months seems like a really long time to go without finding anyone, or even looking. So, did you even look?
1: No, I did not.
0: But, why not? How could you not? Like, I couldn't even go two weeks having these powers without having a full-blown breakdown thinking I was the only one like me and that I was going to be alone forever and ever.
1: Well, that may just be a problem for you, B. It never bothered me.
0: But, why? Why does it not worry you? How do you not seem worried about finding anyone else? About- being with other people like you, about everything else going on with all this.
1: Be was all this just about getting us together to fight that monster?
0: No, not not all of it, but it still is important, Newt, and maybe I can't convince you to think otherwise, but I'd still like to understand why all of this doesn't freak you out.
1: Will it well, what would it matter if it did? What? What would it matter if I did what you're doing? Threw my time, energy, and safety into fighting monsters and looking for people that may not exist? Well, well, you
0: wouldn't be alone in what you were doing, for one. And then you could work with other people and figure things out and And then that- all
1: your problems would be magically solved? I don't think so. Your best plans could go awry and get you hurt. You could expose your powers and become the subject of a worldwide inquisition. You could find out one of your friends is an even bigger threat than that monster you were fighting. All you're doing is digging yourself deeper and deeper into unknown issues. And all in service of an unknown future. No thank you. I have more important things to do with my time.
0: What could possibly be more important than this? Oh god. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to shout.
1: B, do you know why I became an artist?
0: Um, no.
1: Okay. Do you know why most people become artists?
0: Um, sorry. No.
1: It's what I've heard from almost every single one of my classmates and students and professors. It's because they need to create. It's because they have an imagination beyond their control always pestering them with ideas of something that needs to exist. And they take it upon themselves to learn the forms and techniques necessary for art, because they need to be the one to bring that something into the world. There are a million more accessible and readily gratifying careers out there, but they become artists because they need to breathe life into something. Understand?
0: I... yeah, I, I think so. So do you have that need?
1: I never felt the need to create anything. Oh. But I was inspired by someone who did. My mother loved to create. My mother loved everything. But she had a special place in her heart for immortalizing that everything with whatever medium she could get her hands on. She had a whole craft room full of supplies and the things she made from them. Watercolors of a cute bird she'd seen that day. A collage of her dream dress made from magazine clippings of the finest celebrity gowns. A miniature castle with copper towers and silver drawbridge made from spare chains she found on the street and between couch cushions. I never lost a single penny because I always wanted to be able to give her something for that castle. Newt. She wasn't formally trained in anything. She wasn't an artist by trade. She was a nurse. She dedicated her professional life to helping and bringing comfort to the injured and the sick. Which was why it seemed even more cruelly ironic when they found the brain tumor. Oh, Newt. She lost most of her mobility over the course of her illness, and most of the time, she, she wasn't herself entirely. But when she was, she still wanted to work on whatever projects she could think of. I helped her with them when her hands weren't steady. She died just shy of one year after her diagnosis, just a little before my 13th birthday. Newt, I
0: can't even imagine how painful that must have been. I am so, so sorry.
1: Yes. Well, you and everyone else in town. You and everyone else for three months. Those first three months, it was always so sorry and deepest condolences. After six months, it was how are you doing? Has it been difficult? And then after a year... After she'd been in the ground for just one year, everyone just... forgot. They buried her in their memories, and they expected me to do the same. And in the end, it was just pure fucking luck that I wasn't forced to as well.
0: What happened then?
1: Everyone wanted to forget her. Even my father. A year after she died, he cleaned out all the spaces that had been hers, sold some of her things at a garage sale, Gave most of it away to charity or to relatives. But then, he couldn't think of what to do with all our art projects. They're not exactly in need of amateur watercolors at goodwill, but he definitely wasn't going to keep them. I think he was even considering throwing them away until my aunt happened to mention the community center showcase for local artists that was coming up. My father decided the art could at least live there until the show was over and the community center could decide what to do with it. He took them in. Hundreds of them. He couldn't tell what was good enough to leave or bring, so he just took everything, and the volunteer curator was kind enough to set up a wing with her pieces. or maybe she was just sorry for my father, showing up clueless with penny castles and collage dresses stuffed in his trunk. Clearly, he didn't know what they were worth to him anymore. But when the exhibit opened up, and people came to see them, there was there was something magical about their reactions. They saw my mother's birds and gowns and castles, and all at once they could see all the joy and wonder that she had seen in the world. And when they saw the picture of her beside them and her name beside all her works, they had no choice but to remember her, for all the pain it may still bring them. My mother's art became the most popular exhibit in the town's history. People came from states away just to see it. Journalists wrote about it as a local phenomenon. It got to the point where the center agreed to make her art part of a permanent installation, and now everyone who walks in there learns her name and sees a little of the joy that she did.
0: But, that all sounds wonderful. I, I mean, of, of course, not the, the death or your trauma or any of that, but it seems like all of the rest of it worked out okay in the end.
1: If you define okay as saved from the empty void of obscurity by mere happenstance, then sure, it all worked out for her, but not me. B, have you figured out why I want to be an artist?
0: Because you wanted to uphold your mother's legacy as an artist?
1: It's because at age 12, I learned that everyone dies. And at age 13, I learned that everyone gets tossed away and forgotten by those who claim to love them. They forget everything you were and all the things you did. In the end, it's only the things you make that live on. And if you're allowed to live on through them, you're one of the lucky ones. If that fact doesn't both terrify and motivate you more than the possibility of what a single monster could do to you, then I don't know what else to tell you.
0: Newt. What happened to you and your family was terrible, and I want to say that I understand why it makes you think like that, but honestly, I still don't. I think what we're doing here, what we could be doing here matters. I think we need to be there for each other to keep us all from being swept away by our own loneliness and confusion." And I think we should be doing what we can to help keep the people who aren't part of our world safe from all this. And if you don't get that, then... Then I just don't understand you.
1: You don't have to understand me, B. You just have to remember.
0: I don't think I could forget you if I wanted. This conversation has been... Kind of disappointing, but... Thanks for having it with me. I guess I'll just show myself out now.
1: Hold on. Would you at least like to see the finished piece? Sure. Alright. Finishing touches, and...
0: You drew me?
1: Well, you were the most readily available subject.
0: She's... mirroring what I'm doing. It's... strange.
1: They do that sometimes when the subject is nearby. I think it's their coping mechanism to look more real.
0: She looks scared.
1: Yeah, she does.
0: Hey, Fox. Are you up? Fox says hi. The Beacon is written and produced by Claudia Elvidge. The voice of Newt is robert balderstone for more information visit thebeaconpodcast.com or follow us on twitter at the beacon like what we're doing here then consider leaving us a rating and review on itunes or the platform of your choosing doing so helps us get noticed and also makes us feel just a little bit better about ourselves you can also help us by setting up a monthly donation at our patreon page where you can get access to cool rewards like minisodes and other bonus content, and personalized voice messages from the cast. Want another audio drama to hold you over the next episode? Try The After Disaster Broadcast. It's a fresh and much-needed take on the post-apocalyptic genre, featuring a very different perspective on what's essential for survival. We think you'll like it.